Hello, you're listening in with Lloyd Goslink. This podcast is brought to you by Lloyd Goslink, Rochelle and Townsend in Austin, Texas. Lloyd Goslink is a 30 plus attorney firm specializing in natural resources, energy, litigation, and employment law. My name is Angie Matz, and I am the firm's marketing coordinator. Our purpose with this podcast is to talk with some of our practice area experts about timely topics and trends in an informal setting while aiming to be a little bit fun and informative to listeners. Today, I'm with Jeff Reed, principal in the Aaron Waste Practice Group. Thank you for joining us on Listen In with Lloyd Goslink. What are you here to talk to us about? Thanks, Angie. I'm here to talk about the TCEQ's Audit Privilege Act program. It's an extraordinarily powerful tool, and it's underutilized. I'd like to let people know about it and what it does and what some of its limitations are. So, what does the audit program do? Well, within certain limits, the program gives clients two benefits, immunity and an evidentiary privilege. The most important benefit, and the reason that clients use the program at all, is immunity. As long as they follow the process, the clients that voluntarily disclose violations of TCEQ's regulations get immunity from administrative and civil penalties. To the client's lawyer, the most important benefit is the ability to protect the findings of the audit. But both of these benefits have limitations, and in order to get the benefits, the client has to follow the procedure that's laid out in the program. Before we get into the limitations, what's the number one question clients ask you when you talk to them about the audit program? The number one question I get from clients is, but what if I don't want to disclose a violation? That's where the second benefit, the audit privilege, comes in. You don't have to disclose what you find during an audit, but you do have to understand that you won't get immunity from anything that you don't disclose. And you don't get immunity until you disclose it. But the privilege is more than that. The documents that you produce while performing the audit are actually protected by a legal privilege similar to the attorney-client privilege, but again with limits. So what's the second most common question you get when you talk to clients about the audit program? The second most common question I get from clients is, will the TCEQ shut me down if I disclose a violation? And the answer to that is not likely. Immunity is only against state-level administrative and civil penalties. The TCEQ still has the power to seek injunctions. That's what they use to shut someone down. And otherwise, and I'm using hand quotes you can't see in this podcast, otherwise enforce compliance. But the program also gives the client six months to come into compliance. So as a practical matter, I've never seen the TCEQ shut someone down for disclosing a violation, even a violation as serious as operating without a permit. But that said, I think if the TCEQ saw a violation that it believed would cause serious harm, it could try to shut down that facility. But I reiterate, I've never seen it happen, and I believe it would have to be something really serious. TCEQ's goal with this program is not to shut facilities down, it's to get them into compliance. And that's important, because if the TCEQ were to independently find someone operating without a permit, TCEQ very well could shut them down. So the Audit Privilege Act gives you a way to continue to operate out of compliance while you come into compliance. Interesting. And what's the third most common question you get when you talk to clients about the audit program? I'd say the third most common question I get is, will this trigger the TCEQ to come out and do their own investigation? And it won't. First, the TCEQ's own guidance says that they won't target a facility based on submission of a notice of audit. But more importantly, the TCEQ structures the audit group separately from the program groups that do inspections. So the people that are conducting inspections normally wouldn't even know that you're out there doing an audit. 
But it does bring up a good point. Being in an audit also won't stop the TCEQ from performing an inspection, and immunity doesn't attach until a violation is formally disclosed. So if the TCEQ conducts an inspection and finds a violation that you haven't already disclosed, you can't just answer, oh, we were doing an audit and we're about to disclose that. They can and probably will still enforce, although you can talk to them and try to work through that. So if you do find violations, you're going to want to think about disclosing it sooner rather than later. You mentioned some limitations before. What limitations? Well, I alluded to some of them already, but let's go through them a little bit. First, limits on immunity. The immunity that you get is only against state-level administrative and civil penalties. That can be significant. Just this session, the legislature increased the maximum penalty that the TCEQ can levy up to $40,000 per day per violation for some violations. So that's nothing to sneeze at. But the program itself does not give immunity against injunctive relief, what we call no penalty enforcement orders that have requirements other than paying a fine, criminal prosecution or criminal penalties, federal enforcement, for example, EPA, enforcement by other agencies unless the audit noted extends to them. And we could spend a whole other podcast talking about that question. And administrative and civil penalties for disclosures that are required outside of the audit. What does that last one mean? Let's say that you're required by your permit to test your discharge for a chemical, just as an example. And you're required by that permit to disclose that deviation to the TCEQ. And you'd normally be enforced against for that deviation. If so, then your disclosure to the TCEQ of the deviation, even if it's part of your audit disclosure, really wasn't voluntary. It was required by the permit. Therefore, the immunity wouldn't apply to that. TCEQ has a mnemonic, Pinnacle, P-I-N-N-A-C-L-E, that they use to talk about the criteria for when immunity would apply. The P is for promptly, if the disclosure was made promptly after the violation was discovered. The I is for in writing by certified mail. The disclosure has to be done that way. N is for not independently detected, so the violation could not have been independently detected or an investigation of the violation was not already initiative before the disclosure was made. The second N is for noted and disclosed as a result of the audit. The A is for appropriate efforts, whether you've taken appropriate efforts to correct the noncompliance and whether you've completed those within a reasonable amount of time. The C is for cooperating in the investigation. L is for lacking injury or imminent or substantial risk of injury. And E is the disclosure is not required by an enforcement order or decree. So those are some of the limitations on immunity. What about on the privilege? Well, the audit privilege applies to the admissibility and discovery of audit reports in state and civil administrative proceedings. It does not apply to documents, reports, and data that are required to be collected and developed under state or federal law or information obtained independent of the audit process. We talked about that a few minutes ago. The privilege also does not apply to documents that actually disclose violations to the TCEQ, and that's really important to understand. So during the audit investigation, you're presumably going to find violations. All the documents that you produce while you're doing that investigation are going to fall under the privilege. But at some point in the audit, you're going to decide what violations that you're going to disclose and get immunity for, and which ones that you're not going to disclose and therefore not get immunity for. You're going to create a document that discloses that subset of violations that you want to disclose. That document's going to admit to those violations. It's going to cite the specific regulation or permit provisions that you violated. And it's going to let the state know what you're doing to fix it. That document, the disclosure, is not privileged. In fact, it's available to anyone that files a Public Information Act request to the TCEQ for those. 
So before you disclose your violations, you need to understand that those violations may be found by federal agencies, criminal investigations, investors, competitors, the media, and anybody else out there. So you have to weigh that risk and your concerns about that against the value of the immunity that you're looking for. But that document also cuts both ways. While it does show your violations and admits to those, it also shows your commitment to coming into compliance. So a lot of clients are really not all that concerned about that becoming public, but it is something that they need to think through. The privilege also does not apply to criminal proceedings and investigations. The privilege does not apply to documents if the privilege is waived. So, for example, if you disclose them to third parties. And the Audit Act does not apply to federal agencies. So there's some question about whether the EPA could obtain audit documents if they asked for them. However, the EPA has always said that they will not ask for audit reports. And also, you need to make sure under the Act that documents that you want to protect are clearly labeled so that you don't inadvertently produce those. Is conducting an audit a complicated process? It can be. The timelines are a little bit tricky. The Act and the TCEQ's guidance frequently use the term promptly without defining what that word means, so you have to be a little careful. In broad strokes, you have to first notice the audit in writing by certified mail. Then you perform the audit. Initially, you have six months to conduct your investigation, and you can request one extension. In some cases, the TCEQ limits the extension to five additional months, in some cases six. I've never seen them extend it more than six. You have to decide what you want to disclose and not disclose. And promptly, when you're disclosing violations, usually means within six months of discovering that violation. Then you have to promptly correct the violations. And that also usually means within six months of disclosing the violation. So if correcting the violation is something that requires TCEQ approval, we know that we often can't get TCEQ to approve anything in six months. So something like operating without a permit and the corrective action is to get that TCEQ approval then you have to submit the application promptly and then prosecute it diligently until you get the approval. You have to submit a final disclosure showing that all of the corrective actions have been completed. And at the end of that hunt, you should get a no further action letter from the TCEQ, which grants your immunity. Does the audit have to be done by a third party? And do you have to use a lawyer? No and no. Uh, The TCEQ has a good guidance document out there that you can use. And if you follow it, you should be fine. That said, I would always suggest using a third-party consultant for the investigation because only a third party can look at your operation with fresh eyes. And if you're going to invest the time in doing an audit, you should probably do it right. There's also a lot of nuance to the process, and a lawyer can really help to make sure that you do the process correctly and that you don't inadvertently waive either the privilege or the immunity. Also, by using a lawyer, you may be able to potentially add the attorney client privilege and the attorney work product privilege to the audit privilege to protect the audit investigation documents. Finally, a lawyer that's got experience with the TCEQ may be able to help you decide which violations should be disclosed and which violations don't need to be. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your insights on the TCEQ Audit Privilege Act program today. Thanks, it's been fun. We hope to have you back again in the future. I hope to be here. If you would like more information about what you've heard today, please visit lglawfirm.com. You can also find us at Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views, nor are they endorsed by Lloyd Gosling Law Firm. None of this content should be considered legal advice, as one should always consult a lawyer. This podcast is not intended for commercial purposes and is made available at no cost. 
Music for the podcast is from album Jazz You and is titled By the Coast 2004-2007 by Anthony Rajakov. License under the attribution non-commercial Sharealike license is available on Free Music Archive. To learn more, visit by clicking the link in today's summary.